the first time that they asked me to stand up after the C-section, I was like, I'm never teaching spin again. I'm never yeah. being able to walk again. I'm never going to be able to move because I was on so many drugs and it was so painful. And what I had gone through was so traumatic to my body that I was like, I'm, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And it truly just, once I started to feel better, just fueled this whole new, whole new person in me. Welcome to the Build with Brayback podcast, where we dig deep into real, raw, and honest conversations with people that are making moves, making change, and making their own version of their very best life. And teaching you how to build the same. Covering all things health, wellness, anti-diet culture, body positivity, and so much more. Here's your host, Amanda Brayback. Good morning, happy Thursday, and welcome back to the Build with Brayback podcast. Thanks for tuning back in, guys. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this amazing conversation that I have with Alyssa. She's incredible. If you follow her on Instagram, you know she's incredibly inspiring. She has a wonderful personality and so much to share. But before we get into it, you know, we got to do our highs and our lows. So let's go. All right, my low, I'm just going to start it off with the negativity. I started candid, um, like those clear liners for your teeth. So if I sound funky, that's why. I'm still getting used to them. I'm on like day like three and I feel like my mouth is made up of one million teeny tiny cuts. My tongue feels like it's the size of my foot. Um... People keep telling me that it's going to end in a couple of days. Like the first week is the worst and I feel like they're lying to me and I'm just going to feel like this forever. And uh, yeah, that's that. Obviously, super excited for my new straight teeth, except for that they told me it's going to take like six months, which is baloney, but whatever. Um, and my high, I don't know. This week has been really amazing. The weather has been awesome. Classes have had such high energy. I feel like just all around feeling such good vibes this week, which is just obviously a very welcomed change after the last year that we have all had. Um, I also, before we get into the episode, want to take it to more of a serious note. Um, and I think it's an issue that everyone is very much aware of, especially in the last um, month and the last year. So what I am talking about here are the amount of anti-Asian hate incidents and hate crimes and um, hate all around, which has been a problem in our country for an extremely long time. Um, if you look up the history, it's pretty staggering that like we don't learn more about it. Um, but in the last year there have been almost 4,000 reported anti-Asian hate incidences, obviously stemming a lot from our prior president and the hateful narrative that he um, promoted in regards to the coronavirus. And of the reported incidents, over 70% or nearly 70% were against women. It's a huge number. It's horrible. Um, 
And I just encourage you all to learn a little bit about it, to check out some nonprofits that, um, you know, we can donate to and support. So I definitely recommend following at stop A-A-P-I hate. That's at stop A-A-P-I hate or the hashtag stop Asian hate. You can also donate to the National Asian Pacific American Women's Forum. They're on Instagram at N-A-P-A-W-F. Just something to think about, something something to look into. Um, it's just sickening. It's heartbreaking. It's despicable. And it's 2021. There's, there's no time for it. There's no room for it anymore. We got to speak out against it. We need to work with these organizations to help stop it. Um, also, if you listen to the Girls Gotta Eat podcast, their episode this week was with a woman who really shared her own experiences growing up as an Asian woman in America. Um, and also, it's just important, even if it's not talking about a lot of the hate, which she did experience some of that, but just hearing perspectives from other people that, you know, as a white woman, it's really easy to live in your bubble and be unaware of what's going on around you. Um, and that's me stepping off my soapbox and enjoy the episode this week, guys. I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to feel inspired and ready to just go forth on your journey of living your very best, your healthiest, your happiest life. Have a great week, guys. Love you all. You might know her as the real APBP on Instagram, serving up major motivation, inspiration, and fitness tips. She is a kick-ass cycling instructor at Revd and coach at Revd Training Camp. Lululemon ambassador has her MBA in sports management and is raising the most adorable daughter. She most recently started shaking things up on TikTok with its new Black Creatives Initiative. Welcome to the podcast, Alyssa Pinozzi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so for hopping on. I'm so excited to chat with you. Of course, of course. Um, first things first, a new thing that I'm doing. Um, we're doing our highs and our lows of like the last, let's say like week-ish. So like the best things, your favorite parts, and then maybe like some embarrassing things, bad things, whatever. Sure. Let's see. Okay. So putting you on the spot. That is on the spot, but I'll take it. <laughs> I would say the highs is that we are working on a really cool project at Rev that I can't quite share just yet. But yesterday we were able to make some big, big progress with that. So Ooh. that was a huge high that um, all day I just kind of rode the high. And I also taught my first live class on Tuesday, which was incredible. So that is the high and the low, which is not, I mean, I don't have a lot of terribly low moments, but I will say learning to balance everything I have going on right now in terms of my body, I have mm -hmm. woken up very physically exhausted a lot in the last couple of days. So I'm just learning to now that my schedule is back to a full demanding physically schedule, how to not wake up so exhausted. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent feel that on like both fronts. Like I was just having this conversation with someone who also does fitness full time. And like, we were thinking about like, okay, pre pandemic, we, I don't even know how I did what I did. And now like 
we're getting like closer and closer back to that and i am feeling it so hard but it also like you said like it feels like such a good high like you know that energy exchange in person is just so different so exactly yeah that's exactly what it is it's we're probably since that one year mark of going back to what life was like before and now since we're moving closer in a direction where we are nearing some type of end our schedules took a big pause and I know you know exactly what I mean in the middle with just not having what we used to before and now that we're back to that it's incredible and I certainly wouldn't change it but it's definitely taking some yes for sure my body is like wait what (laughs) what are we doing like the early early morning alarms I am not used to them and like it has been an adjustment for sure it's a big change but we're doing it we're We're doing it it's all good um did I miss anything in your intro I'm sure I mean there's plenty that I missed I was actually blown away because you completely summed me up in (laughs) I love that yeah no awesome all of those things awesome okay well let's just start back um but just like your journey into the fitness world obviously you had an interest in the industry with your degrees and everything but can we just talk about i guess yeah from the start yeah sure so i moved out to california in 2010 to get my mba in sports management like you mentioned and while i was there I was working for a professional athlete and loved what I was doing there, kind of segmented into event planning for him. That's cool. And it was something that I never thought that I wanted to do. I went out to school in order to learn how to work in sports. So I thought I'd work for a professional basketball or my goal was to come back to Boston and work for the Celtics in community relations. And I moved out to California. And like I said, I got hooked up with this professional athlete and I started with his foundation and it was fundraising, but primarily event planning. And I learned so much along the way that I transferred what I was doing with him to my own company with a couple other friends. And we had started a foundation or sorry, a company for athletes to help them with their charitable efforts overall. And we said, if we could do this for one person, we want to be able to do this for a bunch of different people. So why not just take that and be able to spread the love to people who needed help? So let's say there was an athlete who wanted to give back to autism awareness or had some type of connection to cancer in his or her family. We would say, okay, here are the existing charities that already exist already. Would you like to partner with them or do you want to start your own? And if you do want to start your own, here's how. So So we, in the meantime of when I was out in California working on that foundation, I had kind of lost a little bit of myself and was very depressed out in California, had found that the life of partying and celebrities and staying up late. And if I had the choice to work out or go to the beach, I was going to go to the beach and just getting (laughs) uh, mixed up in a world that now looking back was so much fun, but it was not for me. So I I gained a lot of weight. I had very unhealthy habits. And my sister was in LA for one weekend and asked me to come out to hang out with her. And she took me to a spin class and it was my first spin class. It was 
I can't even remember what it was. And I was, it was okay. And then the next day she took me to another one and I will literally never forget because he started with a rap song. And Mm -hmm. I said to my sister, I don't know what this is, but this is incredible. (laughs) So I went back down to San Diego and started spinning and starting the company with athletes was a lot of work. And I needed that outlet of exercise Mm -hmm. and I kind of just woke up one day. It sounds so ridiculous, but it's actually true. Cause I will never forget. It was actually in March. And I woke up and said, I don't want to be this person anymore. I've got to make a change. I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be anxious. I need to do something for myself. So I found a spin studio in, in San Diego that I fell in love with and became very attached and decided that California just wasn't for me anymore. So I moved back to Boston. What was good about having the company is that I was able to move back home to my family and still continue to work in the same job. And I got home immediately connected with a big agent in the Boston area, got a couple of Patriots clients. It was awesome. And at the same time found Revved. And I walked in and a friend from high school had recommended that Revved was similar to the studio that I was at in California. And I tried it and I loved it and got a membership the next day and was was working on a couple different projects in Boston. But long story short, I had a Patriots client and he got cut from the team after a huge, huge event that we had been planning for him. So Mm -hmm. he got cut, we had to cancel the event. And that was five days after my audition at Rev to be an instructor. So, so just a little I, bit going on. <laughs> just a lot going on, but I'm also such a, everything happens for a reason type of person. Yeah. So I kind of shifted focus. And I remember sending Megan and Clyde, the owners of Rev, uh, a message and saying, hey, so I'm deep into training. I'm about to have my audition to be an instructor, but I also really like the business side of what you guys are doing. And I really believe in Rev. So is there any other way I can get involved? And I remember Clyde wrote back, I'm sure he had a discussion with Megan and said, for now, we would just love for you to stick to becoming the best instructor that you can, but I'm sure more opportunities will open up as time goes on. So I had my audition, I made it onto the team, any opportunity to pick up any extra classes. I was always there. I was always around. Mm -hmm. I was that person that was in every single class every day. And eventually Rev decided to grow. And so I started taking more of an administrative role as well as teaching. And six years later, here I am. Here you are. Long route to how I got to fitness, but it's never something that I wanted to do. I think I always tell people I don't consider myself working in fitness. I work at Rev, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So yeah. I am obviously a fitness instructor, but I'm a business person and um, fitness is the most incredible industry that I would have never even known existed truly in the yeah. way that we do now. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and I think probably you saw it too. Like when you first moved back to Boston, there was like a handful of studios here and there and they weren't like super big yet. And now like Rev has so many different locations. You see like the handlebar right. has a bunch of different locations. Like yeah. these businesses are thriving. Like the yeah, scene really has cool. changed. It's exactly. awesome. Yeah. Exactly. No, and I love, I just love to hear all the different stories that people have because I think that people can get like super caught up of like, okay, there's one way of 
doing things or like, oh, I'm too far behind. I haven't done this yet. Like it wasn't my major in college. Like, right. Yeah. Honey, no, your major doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It does not matter at all. And a lot of people have been reaching out recently, which I find it so cool because to me, I have so much further to go and I can't wait to see. I feel like everything is finally starting to come together for me now that I'm older and wiser and have experience. And now I know that I'm in my life career. So how can I just accelerate that? But I feel like it's a little bit, my path towards where I am is a little untraditional because I never signed up for a fitness job. Like I said, so people ask me, how did you get to where you are now? Like what degrees do I need or what certifications? And my answer is always just follow your passion and work hard at what you want to do. And you'll just kind of land there with knowing the right people and putting yourself in those situations. So it's been not exactly, again, I never thought I would work in fitness and that's where I would land. It's really cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think that like, that's such a huge thing, especially because it is like a very physically and emotionally draining job. Um, to really find that place that like fills you up. Yes. And then like the rest of it will just come. 100%. Instead of like just trying to go anywhere, everywhere. Yeah. And it's been really cool for me to see people that I've even talked to at the beginning of quarantine, who I'm sure it's the same for you, but when we were stuck at home and we didn't have our usual studios, a lot of people found their love for fitness and decided that they wanted to turn it into some type of career. Yeah. And it's cool to even watch a couple of the people that I talked to a year ago, their dreams are now starting to come true and they're following through with things that they wanted to do then that are now, if you just set your mind with a little bit direction, it's very, very cool to see. Yeah. Very cool to see. 100%. Well, can you tell me a little bit more about what you do at Revd um, in terms of like the business side of things? It's a very tough question to answer (laughs) a lot, but I mean, so that's there right. are, there are five of us that are full-time at Rev right now. And we all just have our hands in everything from opening studios to planning what's next to planning schedules. My specific role, it truly varies day to day, mm-hmm. but I would say if someone had to say what I do, I am in charge of the schedule. So I own all the schedules for all, all six studios in terms of when the classes are going to be getting the instructors on them. I am part of the leadership team that we are constantly planning ahead and coming up with new ideas of where do we want Rev to go? What will Rev be today? What is it tomorrow? What is it in 10 years? So I do a lot of that. Um, I teach in-person classes. I teach on-demand classes. I coach training camp, like you said. Mm-hmm. And gosh, what else do I do? Because <laughs> just... <laughs> that's totally not enough to keep you busy. Yeah, no, I, keep, I yeah, yeah. I do. I do a lot. It's just when it's when you have a small team like that. Our yeah. main goal is just to be able to serve as many people as possible because yeah. we just have dreams of helping people change their lives and find their greatness. So I think 
I do whatever needs to be done that day to just keep revs alive and growing and pushing forward. Yeah. No, I love that. What you just said, like change your life and find your greatness. Cause it kind of sounds like that's what happened when you started spinning and found that studio in San Diego. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Like you were saying, obviously it was like a lifestyle thing and you had like gained weight. And I think it's not great when people are only focusing on like, okay, this is like a weight loss and that's it. Like you need to have like a bigger motivation behind it, you know? Um, but yeah, like, cause clearly it led you into finding where you were supposed to be. Yeah. So like I said, I just got, I was very lost. When I look back at those years, it's, it makes me sad, but it also makes me who I am today. And that's why I'm so open about my mental health issues and what, like I said, it was, I could even almost say it was probably around March 14th, 15th when I woke up one day and was like, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I feel. And I've always been more of a feeling over aesthetics person. And I think if you feel good, you look much better to yourself. And it's it's yeah. just and to everyone truth. else too like. exactly and a lot of my mom actually said to me last week she was watching Parker and she texted me the next day and said you looked really pretty yesterday and I was like oh thank you mom that's so nice she's like but I mean you just your happiness is exuding like I can tell that you're just really happy right now and it made me so happy because that dark place in San Diego I just I drank all the time. I wasn't eating properly. I, again, I wasn't sleeping. It's all things that now I take so seriously because I know how much they all go hand in hand. And I would stay up until two or 3am and then I'd wake up and go to work at five. And I just, like you said, it's no, I couldn't even tell you what I weigh today. I have no idea because it's not about weight. It was I need to make a change mentally. And I have a really good family friend that's a therapist. And I sat down or we, I talked on the phone with her and she told me to start to accept that I was able to be happy. Like happiness was available to me. I just had to start to find it. So it was cutting out things that didn't make me happy and cutting out people who didn't serve me and going outside. I mean, I lived in California. It was sunny all the time. It was so nice. Um, journaling and thinking a couple steps ahead about what I wanted to do. And then the biggest thing for me was moving home because California is so great. And I had such a good time, but I needed to just get that mental clarity and Mm -hmm. exercise, which is why I have, like anyone would say it, my passion for giving back could make me cry because I just know how much spin did for me. And you attach yourself to instructors and that feeling of leaving a class and knowing that you did something for yourself is, I mean, exercise has never been about the physical nature of it. To me, it's all about the mental. And again, they go hand in hand. So once I found spin and I was able to push myself and get better and strive to just leave there feeling so much happier, that's truly what I guess subconsciously led me to be like, okay, if I got this from other people, how can I give this back to other people? And I think when I was working in charity before, I just loved that aspect of handing a check over to an organization at the end of a huge event and saying, here is, here is what we can do for you. And I'm helping people now in a different way that I just wouldn't have expected. But, um, yeah, I was in a really, really bad place. And 
I've come so far since then. It's really incredible. Yeah. I mean, and I think that is so true. Like what your mom was saying, like, I mean, I don't think we've ever met in person, but which seems crazy. Yeah. But even like via Instagram, like you can, you can still tell when people are taking that time to just invest in themselves and put themselves first. Like it's not a selfish thing. Absolutely. Do the basic things that you need to do to then be able to take care of other people, which I'm sure, especially as a new mother, that is huge. Um, But actually, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, I know you've been like super open about your journey to become a mother and bringing little Parker into the world. Um, Do you mind sharing that story for people that don't know it? Okay, cool. Um, So I, at 32-ish weeks pregnant, went to my regular doctor's appointment and I got there and it was funny because I was texting with Megan, my boss, the owner, and she was like, it might be time for you to slow down a little bit. You're due in eight weeks and you're, you're teaching a lot. You're pushing yourself. And I remember texting her. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'll ask the doctor, but I think I'll be okay. And I got into the room and within one minute, she said, we're sending you to the hospital. Your blood, your blood pressure is just way too high. So I had classes scheduled that night. The first thing I did, well, at first I stopped at Cafe Fresh and got some bagels. If you don't know what it is, it's just the best bagel place. They are so good. They're they're so good. I was like, how much time do I have? I had no idea what was going on. I was like, okay. Called Megan first and said, I need subs for tonight, just in case I'm not out of the hospital. Then I called Mike, my husband and said, all right, I'm out. I'm I'm just going to go get checked out. I'll text you in a little bit. And I got there and as I was there, I kind of realized this is more serious than I thought in my head. I mean, she just made it seem like, okay, we're going to send you there to get checked out. So I got there, it was maybe May 23rd or 24th. And I didn't leave until two weeks later and I had a child. So I got there and they, they ran a bunch of tests and long story short, I was diagnosed with pre preeclampsia, mm-hmm. which is it, it's just a really, I had severe preeclampsia, which is a very severe disease that if your blood pressure gets too high, you could have a seizure and die or a heart attack. And, um, there you just, the only way to cure it is to get the baby out of your yeah. body. So oh my God. I went in at 32 weeks and their goal was to try to get me to 34 and I made it one week. So I was in the hospital every day, just getting monitored and checked. And Mike was back and forth putting together the nursery because this was the end of May and I was due in the middle of July. Right. You were like, we have time, like so much time. We thought we had so much time the weekend before, which was crazy. Thank goodness. (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's when I look back at the timing, I kid you not the night before I went into the hospital, I put together her nursery for the first time and it must've been some type of sign. Right. Um, So a week in to being in the hospital, they wanted to try to get me at least another week or three, ideally. And I just got too sick that I remember they, they allowed me to walk outside for one day Mm -hmm. and I went on a walk with my family and I whispered to my sister, can we, can you just like 
I don't want mom and dad to know how sick I am right now. So can you try to facilitate us turning around? Cause I can't do this right yeah. now. And we got upstairs and they were like, you're too sick. We're sending you up to labor and delivery right now. So I went up, oh my um, gosh. was in labor for two days eventually had to get an emergency C-section because it just wasn't working out naturally. And so Parker came just a little over six weeks early. I got to quickly say hi to her. And then she got rushed up to the NICU. We were at Beth Israel downtown um, mm -hmm. and she was there for a week. And then we transferred her closer to home. Mm -hmm. She was in the NICU for three weeks. And then we were able to take her home by towards the end of June. So it was very unexpected the actual labor and delivery part was crazy because I was on all this medication to make sure that I didn't have a seizure and didn't die right. I got sick and was it was two well, it's definitely the two hardest days of my life and what followed yeah. was very challenging because I was all of a sudden I had to stay in the hospital a full week after and I would go upstairs to see her in the NICU then I would try to take care of myself then finally they right. discharged me and I was like what do I I don't know what it's like actually to one like I've seen pictures of people just handing you your baby and they they are on your chest and that's your first time meeting them I got to kiss right. her on her forehead and then she got whisked away to the NICU to be put on a breathing machine to stay alive and then um, I remember going home for the first time and I cried the whole way home. And Mike was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I don't, I don't know. This is very weird. Like, like of course, it's awful. just like such an emotional toll. You're like, I'm, I can't go home yet. <laughs> right. I'm like, what's, this is so weird getting home and being like, I'm home, but I don't have a baby here, yeah. but I'm not pregnant anymore. Um, but I made it through. And I just remember the first time that they asked me to stand up after the C-section, I was like, I'm never teaching spin again. I'm never yeah. being able to walk again. I'm never going to be able to move because I was on so many drugs and it was so painful. And what I had gone through was so traumatic to my body that I was like, I'm, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And it truly just, once I started to feel better, just fueled this whole new, whole new person in me. So yeah the quickest version of my, what ended up being long about bringing her into the world. But yeah, no, I mean, I think it's important to share all of this because I mean, one for awareness, because I'm sure yeah. you didn't know much about it before it no. all happened. And I think, yeah, you go into it like having a birth plan and even <laughs> I mean, at that point, like you're months away. So you probably just had like an idea of like you said, like, then you get to hold them and then you leave together and now you're a family of three and yeah so it's crazy i get a little triggered when i hear people that are pregnant say oh two weeks to go four weeks to go eight weeks to go i'm like i hope so i hope right. that's the case, but you just have no no idea and it's scary because the percentage of that happening if we are to have another child is 80 percent, and that's very hard to handle like people I mean, ask yeah. all the time are you ready for number two it's not yet because I need to make sure I'm in a place where I can go through that again right like which I could because I made yeah. it through but but like mentally it's like right. <laughs> no I'm not ready <laughs> no I've come very far so. yeah I mean I think it's like situations like that like you said you know in the moment you're like oh my god I'm never gonna be that same person again and it's like 
no, you're not. You're going to find out how strong you are and you're going to be even better. Exactly. I think that's my biggest, why I'm so motivated right now too, is how to find, to let people know that we all, it sounds cliche because we just came out with our new tagline at Rev, which is born for greatness. And we've mm-hmm. been working on that for a year and a half and to see it finally come out is incredible. And it's something that we've, we just feel so strongly. And I, my whole purpose now is to not like, is to let people understand that you are born for greatness. We all have this thing, this passion, this drive, this mm-hmm. motivation inside. I wish I didn't have to go through what I did to realize how great I could be and how much of an impact I could have. So I want to help people understand you don't need to have a a crazy story of near death like I did to come out a stronger person. You just need to realize your own potential. That's it. So if nothing else, I mean, I would never go back and change what I went through because it just made me so much, so much better of a person. And Parker's pretty cool. So yeah. And I'm sure it, I mean, gave you a whole other perspective on like being a mom too. And like, 100%. yeah, I mean, who she, you're going to be for her. She's so incredible too, to think that she was so early. And when she first came out, she couldn't do anything. And she was in early intervention for over a year because she mm. was way behind her peers. And that was really hard for me because I have so many friends with kids around the same age that I would say, oh, they're doing this. Like, when is Parker going to be able to do this? And watching her progress over the last year, she fights. Like she now is not only caught up, but she's ahead in a lot of things. And it's so cool because that's all her. I know that I came into this world behind. And so I'm going to make my mark and go ahead. And I think being a mother to a girl to a mixed race girl too is just uh I have such a burning desire to just prove to her that she can actually do whatever she wants to and make her own path doing so yeah I love that so much um can we talk a little bit about kind of that like gap between when you got out of the hospital and then like, obviously now here you are like fully back at it, full-time fitness, doing all the things, but obviously that took so much work. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure like an emotional toll also. Yeah. I was just thinking today because I just went to go meet my friend's new baby, how hard those times were. And I'm really thankful that I never got depressed. I almost feel like when I got pregnant, my anxiety went away, which you would think would be the opposite, but I think the hormones completely just evened me out. Yeah. And what I learned is that you have to take everything day by day. So when I first got home, obviously you can't exercise for six weeks and by maybe week two, when I could drive again, I could walk a little bit more. And I remember my husband would give me the goal of walking two miles and then three miles. And looking back, I mean, walking is so powerful. I think it's a wonderful thing, but Mm -hmm. my body is just likes to do more than just walk. So I started out by just telling myself that it was going to get better. And then at the same time, you're trying to heal, but you also have a newborn that you need to take care of. And it taught me so much. And I almost feel like two years in a row because I had her in June of 2019. And then obviously nine months later, 
this whole situation hit. So it was like two really tough years of self growth and realizing how much you have to take things day by day. And I got back to work. I should not have spun as soon as I did because (laughs) infections are no joke and birth in general, just, you need to take the time to heal. But yeah, I started realizing, oh, this is pretty cool. And, oh, I just went through all that I did. So let me try to up my training. And I think I started because in the middle of coming back to work, we were set on opening up our three newest studios and we ended up opening them up a couple of months later. And I got up to the point where I was going to be teaching 15 classes a week and met with a nutritionist and a strength coach to just let me know what I needed to do to complement that. Yeah. And then once COVID hit and we got shut down, I just decided again to take it to a new level because all there was to do was stay mentally sane. Yeah. So <laughs> training even more and realizing, oh, this is really cool. I feel like an athlete again. And I was just talking to somebody the other day about how it took me six months to be able to sit up out of bed again after having Parker. And in those same six months, it took me that long to be able to do a crunch again and mm-hmm. being patient with myself and realizing that it is a huge journey postpartum from year one to year two. And I actually remember a good friend saying to me who had gone, she was basically uh, her daughter's a year older than mine, that it was also a big journey from year one to two. And now Parker's two months away from being two. And I feel like it's actually taken this much time to get back to having my full strength. And now it's pushing forward and saying, okay, how can I just elevate that even more? So it's, it's been such a long journey of postpartum that mm-hmm. I don't even remember what I was like before in terms of fitness. And yeah, I posted a video the other day of me in the hospital doing squats and I weighed 50 pounds more than I do now. And was obviously just very sick yeah. to last a couple of weeks ago. And people are asking me what, how long did it take to transform? Like that was two years, right? Two, two long years of I still have a ways to go, but it's just time, you yeah. know, patience and time. And I think everybody just wants their fitness journey to happen overnight. As I am sure you are very well aware <laughs> clients yeah. come all the time wanting something and you want, you want that for them so bad, which is probably why you're doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and just expressing and helping them to understand that it's time. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. And consistency. And I love what you're saying about like being patient with yourself. I mean, I think regardless of what your situation is, but I think especially, you know, postpartum where you can rush it and then hurt yourself and to try to not compare of like, well, before I could do all of this, like, like you were saying, I can sit up like up out of bed today. I can do a squat today. Like that's, so amazing and having like the respect for your body of like like recognizing like holy shit first of all i grew a human right I brought her into the world and then everything else that went down like exactly. it's pretty amazing it is amazing and regardless of if it's postpartum or not or any type of journey yeah. that you go on i i love love watching it happen for people over time once you uh-huh. realize 
I mean, I remember my first journey that I talked about before when it started in March of 2011, I believe that was like my first transformation. I remember it being exactly three months and I looked in the mirror and I was like, huh, okay, I'm starting to see some change here. And I think that helped me realize that, yeah, if you go have a great workout, you're not going to look or feel much different. I mean, you might be sore, but you're, it takes yeah. time. So I remember thinking like, okay, three months now I feel good. Imagine how I'll feel in another three. Mm -hmm. So like you said, it's that consistency and showing up for yourself. And again, it can be postpartum. It can be not postpartum. It can be starting something new. It can be unhappy. This last year has messed up people so much because depression hits everybody in so many different ways. And I know people who went into overdrive and worked out too much and then are trying to kind of backtrack now. And then I know people who have come back to spin classes recently and say, I'm embarrassed to say, I haven't been, I haven't done anything in a year and that's okay. Right. You have the fact that you want to start again is what's important. And yeah, staying patient is so, yeah consistency and patience like you said it's so important everything and like I even sometimes in class if I can tell people are like having a really tough time like um like in our like train interval classes it's like you have okay you might have 10 more rounds ahead of you but like I want you to focus on this 30 seconds get through this 30 seconds and don't think about anything else and I feel like it can be the same thing day to day okay what can I do today You don't need to think like, oh, I have so much time to go. Like, no, just today. That's it. Exactly. (laughs) It's like a little less It's so helpful. It's so helpful when you start to, even now we have, like I said, new projects and old projects that are changing and a couple people out and just, I have to take everything day by day. In fact, hour by hour, (laughs) sometimes even minute by minute because- looking at the big picture sometimes is so exciting, but it's too overwhelming that when I actually realize I'm going to be fine and I'm going to get it all done. So when you prioritize what's important, and like you said, just getting through that round that you're in at that moment before you move on to mentally thinking about the next is so, so important. I think that's why people that are so strong in workouts and why fitness is so important because it transfers so much to the outside. It's pushing yourself mentally and realizing you always get through, right? Like a workout class ends, it always starts. It always ends. It is very rare that something happens that you just don't make it through. Right. You know, even during specific songs and spin or rounds during class, it's, Mm -hmm. you'll, it'll end. You just got to do it. Right. You like surprise yourself. And I feel like, you find that place in your mind or whatever that like you can also tap into and like a really tough thing at work or you know something in your personal life and it helps you push through i remember who it was so i heard someone say it i don't know if it was in a class or like on a podcast or something but it was was something like the biggest way that you can gain self-confidence is to like keep promises to yourself. So whether Mm -hmm. that's like, okay, you sign up for the class, you show up for the class. Great. You're like already, okay, we did that. You finished the class and then you just start to gain that like trust and right. I don't, I I butchered it for sure, but (laughs) no, I think I, I, 
that I feel like I saw that somewhere too. Right? I don't know like, where, what? but I know. Yes, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It is. Um. So for the sake of time, I think that we should switch gears a little bit. I want you to yeah. tell me a little bit about the um TikTok Black Creators Initiative because I was looking at it and they only chose like a hundred people, yeah. and I'm sure so many people were considered so that is amazing um can you talk a little bit about like what it is what it means to you yeah it i uh, it, i get so speechless <laughs> when i talk about it it's amazing i saw it come across my email back in January. And I'm sure you've seen this because I write this everywhere, but I started a journal where I write down just goals. And I had written down in my journal, is it crazy to think that I'm, this is going to happen to me? And all you had to do to, to enter was just submit a video of why you wanted to be chosen. And I, if I'm being very honest, took two seconds to create a video. It was just like, I want to change people's lives. And the more people I reach on TikTok, the more people I'll be able to reach in general. Mm -hmm. And when this email came through in February, I was, I, I literally like shot my computer and, and just was like, oh my gosh, what, <laughs> what just happened? So yep. 5,000 people applied, which I'm shocked that even that small amount applied. Right. There's was, so many people on TikTok. Right. Like there's billions of people on TikTok and granted this was US specific, but um, so I got chosen there are a hundred of us and it's basically a mentorship program where they help us understand more about TikTok. And it's all about the connections in my opinion. So every mm -hmm. other week we have a speaker on Tuesday, we had Charlemagne the God come and talk to us. And no the first cool. week was Gabrielle union. So, I mean, these are That's not amazing. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're coming on and they're, telling us their stories about how they got to where they are. And we also have mentors at TikTok that kind of tell you how to do it. What's the way to do it in the next couple of weeks, we have media training with big executives in LA coming up. And it's basically the type of program that you make of it, what you want to. Mm -hmm. And the creators and I have a group chat that where we talk in every day and we bounce ideas off each other. And it's funny because a lot of them are musicians or artists or comic artists. I don't even know how to say it because it's, yeah. I'm the only fitness person and my world. That's really so, cool. It's just so different than all of theirs. And they all want to make TikTok their full-time job. I mm. will always work at Revd. I'm always going to be in fitness and yeah. it's more of a side Thing that I do for fun, which is why I'm so excited to be in this program because it's actually just helping me, especially as we start to take Revd National, I have people taking my classes from around the country that I've met on TikTok. And yeah, that's so the cool. program is, it's three months long. Um, they, every other week, just give us something else that we need to work on for homework. So mm -hmm. it's planning out content. And um, I will always say this you will never hear me call myself an influencer because mm -hmm. i actually just hate that word i think it's it it is what it is people yeah. can do whatever they want to but for me i heard someone in a similar position to i uh, across the country said she's an accidental influencer and mm -hmm. that really sat with me because i feel like i do 
influence people and I am happy to do so and lead people in the right direction. But that's not, that's not why I use Instagram. It's not why right. I use TikTok. I like connection. So this program has just allowed me to connect with, I mean, a lot of the people in the program have record deals. One guy is with Columbia. A lot of them wow. are, one's a professional athlete that was, um, I think he wants to get into the NBA and has been dabbling a little bit in basketball. Another mm-hmm. guy has 5 million followers on TikTok and is trying to spread his positive message. It's, it's, it's truly incredible. And it's something that I am working on every day because again, it's just like anything they're giving us the tools, but you have to put in the work to yeah, show totally. up for the sessions and talk to the other people. So it's really cool. That's really, really amazing. And like such a good opportunity um, yeah. that like, yeah, you can take in your own personal, like everything that you're doing, but also with revved too right. and help them reach a whole new level. That's so amazing. Um, what's like the biggest thing that you've learned from it? It's or so any funny. tips that we should all know? If I were to be completely honest with you, a lot of the sessions, so the first half is always them teaching us. And the second half is the celebrity guest. Mm-hmm. I could probably lead the first half of it because the first <laughs> one was all about exactly what I was just saying. What you put in is what you get out. Um, last week we learned about specifically how the algorithm works and how to create Mm. content and branding yourself. And it's something I just kind of got good at on my own over the last couple of years of just deciding or realizing who I am. And so this is how I want to showcase myself to everybody else, Mm -hmm. but they've, it's, they've truly just taught me about the power of connection because the amount of people around not even the country, just the world that will send me messages. And I just, I posted one last night about how I still haven't had a drink in 2021 because we did, we, I say we, meaning me and my TikTok community (laughs) over January. And here Mm -hmm. I am months later, just not wanting to let them down. So I love that. I can guarantee that a lot of stuff that they're teaching us is second nature to people like us that, I mean, you have a podcast, you're an instructor, you have your own businesses that are going on that, you know, what you need to do. Um, it's just really helpful to hear that I'm on the right track. Yeah, totally. 100%. Because especially when you're kind of like doing your own thing, it can feel like you're like on an island and you're like, does anyone even care? Like what right. I'm saying right now? Am I, right. did I say that right? Like <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. They've also kind of helped me realize that being yourself is good enough. Yeah. And I've always said, there's a reason why I work at Revd with a team and I'm not starting like the APVP, I don't know, something because the, it's so powerful that what we can take all of our talents together and move forward as a team and take all these things that I'm learning, put it with the other amazing people that I work with and just, excuse me, go all the way up to the top, you know, it's so cool. And actually our next session is about building a team around you. So I'll be really interested to see what they say, but it's, it's so incredible. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, there's something to be said about finding that community and like, even just the energy of it, of like being surrounded by people that like you can learn from that 
hype you up when you're having like an off day or something. It makes such a difference. Exactly. You can't say that people don't want the instant gratification of knowing that you're doing a good job. And I think being in our profession is, I say this all the time. If I've changed one person's day, if one person comments on my story, if one person sees one of my posts, then I've done my job because when you start to do what we're doing, some people are going to be interested. Some people aren't. Some people care. Some people want to hear about the products that I work with. Some people want to come to my classes. Some people are interested in TikTok and it's, you're not going to serve everybody all of the time and that's okay. And that's something else that they've taught us is pick your passion and just run with the people that are there to follow you. Right. Because the genuine nature of what you're trying to do just attracts other people and they'll just keep coming and coming when you're doing it to truly just connect with people rather than I need to hit this number. Like I I couldn't even tell you how many Instagram followers I have. And I was saying yeah. and yesterday because I don't care anymore. And Instagram is all different anyways that yeah. it's every day it's something different. But that's they said the same thing. Like the most powerful people at TikTok have been like don't worry about getting verified. Don't care about how many followers. Just keep putting out that authentic content. That's what you want to do. And it'll come back and you'll be surprised at what comes to you. Yeah, I think that's huge. I feel like people, because obviously, yeah, there's some power in having like a solid number of followers just because you can make some money. And like, exactly. obviously that like is appealing to people, but- I think that it's so true on social media and just in life. Like if you are super true to yourself, you are going to find your people. Like it all just, it's attraction. Exactly. It's so, it's so powerful. Right. And social media is like fake anyways. So if you're just like yourself, then you're going to find those genuine people that are on there too, that you actually connect with, which is the whole point, right? That's it. That's it. And there again, not to knock on people that want to use it for any certain type of way or not type of way. Totally. He, we wouldn't have met if it wasn't for social media. I feel like it is the most, I love it. Yes. It drives me crazy half the time. And it is, I do have specific obligations that sometimes I wish that I didn't have with it, but it's just so incredible to be able to talk to people who you wouldn't have otherwise met or seen or connect with people in Boston and beyond that just you don't know that they're there and it's always so interesting because you know it's like revved is my whole world so when I come across someone that hasn't heard of revved or hasn't taken a class I'm like well how do you not know it's because there's just so many people out there that this is exactly what it's for being able to connect and inspire and just keep meeting more people all around. Um, Well, okay. We're going to do a little fun rapid fire round to round out the episode. Um, So don't overthink it. It's all just fun. Um, Okay. Dunkin, Starbucks, or like a local coffee? Dunkin, Dunkin, Dunkin all the way. What's your order? Large extra charged iced coffee with oat milk and toasted almond. Oh, that sounds sounds lovely. So good. Um, Okay, favorite song or artist to ride to like this week? (laughs) If you don't have like an all-time. Well, my all-time is Silence and Purple Lamborghini by Mm. Rick Ross. Yeah, yeah. Every day. Every day. (laughs) It's in every ride. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, savory or sweet? Sweet. And what's your go-to? See, sweet I don't treat. like sweets. That's why it took me a second to answer. <laughs> I'm just very, um, I'm just a carbs girl. Yeah. To me, it doesn't equal savor. Uh, yeah, savory. Yeah, it's not like totally savory. Right. So what, I would. What's say- your favorite carb? bagels i'm just gonna answer bagels <laughs> get me fresh check <laughs> it out <laughs> exactly um go to movie when you need a good laugh oh that's a great question i don't like comedy movies i only like oh. scary movies so i actually have no answer to that what's your favorite okay. scary movie any psychological thriller something that at the end is a big wow like a big wow. mind wow. fuck exactly love it um do you like sad movies no okay i was gonna say go to movie when you need a good cry i'm so messed up in the head that i (laughs) watch psychological that's it maybe it means that you're less messed up because like sometimes (laughs) i'll be in a mood where i'm like i know i will feel good if i just like release my emotions for like no reason and i'll put on like stepmom or something and just i mean it's let it go smart i just i can't is it smart do that to myself my life is already too i know i will not watch sad movies i I don't have an answer for you that is fair enough um do you have a workout must have like hair a certain way outfit music setting that's a great question i would say comfortable clothes Mm -hmm. got to got to feel good in my outfit and my new thing is wearing my hair curly down. Yes. While you teach too. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just so sweaty that I have a hard time, but yeah, like, I think I'm very impressed. Yeah. <laughs> it's um it's kinky enough half the time that it, I can get away with it, but by the end it's it grows. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the best. Right. Um most embarrassing adult moment oh goodness embarrassing moment in like your adult life probably something postpartum just realizing yeah. that your body is not your own like when my boobs were leaking out milk and I was walking <laughs> around with like big just milk stains on my shirt that would yeah. probably be that yeah but also it's like it is what it is. My body's doing some crazy stuff. So exactly. whatever. Get over it, everyone. Yeah. Um, biggest lesson from the last year that we've just had. That everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes that reason is not presented. I actually saw the best thing, the best thing the other day that was someone said to this lady just let it happen everything happens for a reason and she kind of documented because she had some traumatic experience and she documented her friend had told her that you're not going to know what that reason is just yet Mm -hmm. and she documented three months five months a year and finally two years later she understood why that traumatic thing had happened to her and it just sat with me so much because like I said earlier what happened to me with Parker, what happened with COVID, I, mm-hmm. now I understand. I, I, I'm not sure I would take back the last year if I had the opportunity because so yeah. much change and growth has happened from it. Yeah, I totally agree. It's really hard to see it in the moment. 
Yes. Sometimes it takes a while to get out of it, but I am a big proponent and everything happens for a reason. So love that. Yeah. Um, finish the sentence. I'm pretty much always happy. Love that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Last one. Um, besides writing at Revd, what is your favorite workout to do? Strength training. I love lifting. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love that. Got to get to your Same. class. Yeah, I know. I need to come to yours. We'll do a little swap. We'll do that. Yes. Um, and just any books, podcasts, resources that you love that you're currently reading or anything that's like stuck with you. I'm listening to crime junkie, which Ooh. is honestly an incredible podcast to just completely let go. And like I said, I like that psychological thriller. Love thing. it. I'm just a big quotes person. Mm-hmm. I look up quotes all day long. I sit on TikTok for hours listening to people and their motivational talks because yeah. I sometimes I find that if I connect to one book or one person or one specific way, I'll love it. And then they'll say something that just doesn't sit with me. So then I get disappointed. Mm-hmm. So I kind of dabble in just like finding my own bits and pieces of motivation that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. Cause I do hate when that happens and you're like, Oh, you just ruined it for me. <laughs> like happened to me the other day. I'm like, Oh, bummer. I loved this. And now you're right. talking about something I should do before bed. And I just don't, I'm not going to do that. Right. You're like your 25 million step skincare routine. I can't handle it. Can't, can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Last but not least hype yourself up. Where can everybody find you? You can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at the real APBP <laughs> and catch me in person teaching classes at Revd in Burlington, Hingham, Denham, and Copley downtown. And you can find me online at revdondemand.com for indoor cycling and soon to come other classes. Yay. All over the map. Yes. It's not All hard. over the map. <laughs> not hard. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. All right. Thank you for listening to the Build with Brabeck podcast. Stay connected on Instagram at Build with Brabeck and our website, www.buildwithbrabeck.com. Show a little love by rating and reviewing, sharing with your friends, and of course, subscribing so you don't ever miss an episode. Until next week, keep on building.